welcome to Rookie Road Cycling. If road cycling is your new hobby and you want to be better informed to get more out of it, then this is the place for you. I'm Lexi Rose and thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're going to be talking a bit about jackets and jerseys and other top half wear. Uh, There's so much choice and some of it can be pretty pricey, so I just wanted to go through some of the key points and things to look for as you start to build up a bit of a cycling wardrobe. Now, I'm assuming that most of you are happy with Lycra and are beyond questioning whether in fact it is the right thing to wear, but there'll be some of you that are still at that barrier. Well, it's true. Road cycling is just better in Lycra. It exists for a reason. I mean, I don't love it. Like, I wouldn't wear it for any other reason outside of cycling or sports generally, I suppose. But it's actually pretty comfortable. It deals with sweat. It doesn't flap around. And jerseys usually come with some very handy pockets in the back. And it comes in so many shapes and styles and sizes that I'd be amazed if you couldn't find something you liked. On the matter of just feeling a bit exposed or like you just don't feel like you look good in Lycra and are worried about what people think, or maybe if you're a bit chunkier than you'd like to be, for example, well, the majority of people won't care. They're just too busy with their own lives and worrying about what they look like. Uh, And those that do take notice, it may be because they think, well, fair play for just getting on with it and getting out there. And those that are less complimentary, well, no one cares what people like that think anyway. So that's all eventualities covered. We're all good. So you've just got to jump over your own personal barrier and pretty much get on with it. So now we're all on board with Lycra. Let's get stuck into it. Everyone probably needs to start with two or three jerseys. And then before you know it, you may well have 10 or more. You definitely need short sleeved and it's also good to have long sleeved and you'll also need at least one good base layer and a decent waterproof. That's a sort of minimum, I would say, and then you can gradually start to build up your cycling wardrobe. A thermal base layer might be something you have already, actually. I have a few from other activities that I often use for cycling as well. Merino wool is good, but I also have the like Heli Hansen kind and also some heat tech tops from Uniqlo, which I really like and find are very versatile. But there are all sorts of choices. And I would say I use them a lot. It's sort of my go-to choice for most riding when the temperature is kind of middling. So I don't know, let's say 12 to 16 degrees or something and dry. I'd wear some sort of base layer and then a short sleeve jersey on top. I just find that works really well for me, but I wouldn't wear that on a longer ride where you're likely to want to swap layers a bit, but definitely on a short ride, I find that works well, but it's obviously a, a personal preference. Right, so jerseys um, and different types of fit. Now, watch out for this because it makes a big difference. I tend to buy a mixture of cheaper jerseys and also some more pricier jerseys. So I have quite a few DHB jerseys. Um, so DHB are Wiggles house brand range of more like affordable cycle wear. Um, And for those that don't know, Wiggle is an online sports retailer. They do masses of cycling stuff, the whole range, like bikes, clothes, tools, accessories and everything. Um, And I'm a very good customer of theirs, or I have become so. So I found DHB to be good quality, nice designs and also a good fit, as in I find their sizes are aligned to what I would expect. Now, they have a range of fits, and this is true of many brands. So DHB have their high performance race fit, which is called Aeron, 
And they also have Block and Classic, which are more of a standard fit. And then they also have Moda, which is the name of their women's specific line. Although note that there are women's options for Aaron, Block and Classic too. I actually have something of all of these and I like them all. It's obviously shape dependent, but for me, like I said, I find them true to size, like what I would expect of a normal UK size small, medium, large, or size women's dress size 12 or whatever. And indeed, the standard size has a little bit of room, whereas, say, the Aeron race fit is a smoother and snug fit. And their price range of jerseys is great too, because it's a huge range. Anything from, say, £20 to £100. They also have a range of merino base layers, um, and actually I've just ordered my first, which should arrive today, in fact. A little parcel from Wiggle always brightens the day. So I know DHB and I like it. I also have quite a few things made by Castelli. So Castelli is an Italian brand. It's been around forever and has built itself a great reputation. It's very popular. And as a result, it can be pretty expensive. Castelli also have a range of styles. For example, they have a product line called Rosso Corsa, which are aimed at speed and high performance cycling. So as I said, it's an Italian brand and the sizing does run a little bit smaller. I would say it sits between half and maybe even a full size below where a standard UK size would sit. And by way of comparison, the price range of jerseys is a lot smaller and at the higher end. So it's about £80 to over £100. So you'll have to try a few things out and see what works for you. There are many, many, many other brands. And I would say almost all of my jerseys are DHB and Castelli. So that's all I can really give you my experience on. But I would say the same points are worth thinking about for the other brands too. So try different brands, um, partly because of budget. You know, we can't all afford to buy everything all in the most expensive brands. Uh, but it is nice to just have a couple of specials or favourites. But also it is just nice to have a mix of different styles. There are a lot of other expensive brands too, like Asos and Lacole. But cheaper brands you can buy from, say, Decathlon or even Amazon too. Um, cheaper and a bit more wallet friendly. So look at the range. I was reading a story a couple of months back about the brand Café du Cycliste that was born in 2009 in Nice in France. Uh, a guy who had a café and wanted to sell jerseys to all the cyclists that stopped there for coffee. And the brand, like several other popular brands at the moment, was more focused on relatively plain and understated style, away from the big brash logos and big brands you would see plastered all over uh, road cycling jerseys. And so tapping into the cyclists that don't want to always look like they're in some sort of race, um, which is increasingly becoming the norm, I think. So most, but not all, jerseys will have standard three pockets at the back. They're really useful. I can't imagine having a jersey without these pockets. Just essential for stuff you need quick or easy access to. I always have my phone, keys, money, snack, maybe a mini multi-tool in these pockets as a minimum. Also, most, but not all, jerseys will have a silicon grip around the bottom of the jersey, like along the hemline. Just helps hold it in place, obviously. Um, I like this feature generally, although it does depend a little bit on the fit of the jersey, whether or not it's really needed. 
and then for short sleeve jerseys within short there is a range so the race style fit often has longer sleeves that almost come down to the elbows um, and often these sleeves then have um, silicon at the bottom uh, and then there's a more of a standard length you'd expect and you can also get sleeveless and there's several other things to note like on long sleeve jerseys you can often get a thermal style that has a sort of brushed fleecy inside you can get ones with with or without a collar you can get full zip or half zip you can get ones that are high vis uh, and or have some sort of reflective feature so quite a choice okay so a waterproof or rather something that has water resistant properties uh, is an essential i think Although it depends if you're always going to try and avoid riding in the rain, but most of us will cycle in the rain from time to time. Now, this is a piece of kit I've gradually upgraded over the years. I started with something really low end that was kind of okay for a shower, but anything more, well, it just didn't stay waterproof. And I think that's true for a lot in the cheaper category. And some, they may be more waterproof, but they will have poor breathability. And so whilst the rainwater isn't getting in, your sweat isn't getting out. So you end up wet with sweat instead, which, yeah, nice. So as you probably know, when looking for a material that is both waterproof and breathable and actually windproof too, Gore-Tex is just about the best thing you can get. A really advanced material that first came about, I think, in the late 70s and has pretty much been leading the way since. There are, of course, other options and competitors now, but Gore-Tex still remains the obvious go-to option. Something about the 9 or 10 billion tiny pores per square inch of fabric that makes it so special. Wow. So I found I could easily make do with a cheaper waterproof, and I did for years, but have recently upgraded to a Gore-Tex one. And I'm actually, I'm yet to test it, but it gets good reviews, so I'm pretty optimistic. Um, it's a significant expense though, so there's always that trade-off between how much wet weather cycling you actually think you're going to be doing uh, to justify the purchase. Okay, the gilet. I bought one some time ago, uh, actually a, a nice one in the, the Rafa sale. Uh, I wore it a couple of times, but I wasn't quite sure what it was doing, and so I sold it. Um, but yeah, some people swear by them, love them, call them the most underrated bit of cycling kit, uh, but I, I wasn't convinced. Uh, although I recently gave it another go, like a slightly thicker one this time, rather than the wafery thin one I'd had previously. And yeah, I do like it. I just feel that the window of temperatures that they come into their own is so narrow that I don't get much wear out of it. But that said, it's massively down to personal preference, so you'll just have to try one out at some stage. So one final thing that I haven't covered, the sort of warm outer layer. So this could be a bit fleecy or like a sort of soft shell. Uh, they're great for dry, wintry riding. I personally find they can be a little bit bulky, but they do really come into their own when it's really cold. My version of this that I have, and actually it is my most favourite bit of cycling kit of all time, um, I'm actually looking forward to when it does get a bit colder so I can start wearing it again. Um, it's a Rafa jacket and it's called the Suples Insulated Jacket. And and they don't make it anymore. Um, or well, at least not like they used to. Um, I know, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll have to have a word. It really is brilliant. 
So yes, styles will change a bit each season. So yeah, as I said, get out there and try a few new things and buy from somewhere where you can easily return them. One other thing just to mention, in case you're wondering, arm warmers, gloves, etc. come in a later episode. Uh, gosh, so choosing what to wear for a given outing. This is probably a benefit of solo cycling. You don't waste time at the start of every ride by questioning everything you're wearing in relation to what everyone else is wearing. Because unless it's freezing when you wear a lot, or if it's hot when you wear just shorts and a jersey, every temperature in between has the potential for a debate on whether you're going to be too hot or too cold and how many layers everyone is wearing. And then, of course, followed by the various rearranging and relayering for those who think they've made the wrong decision. Probably it might be more of a girl thing, maybe. So generally, I would say if in doubt, it's better to be a bit too warm. I found getting cold out on the bike is sometimes quite hard to recover from, particularly if it's a bit rainy out there. Wet and cold is no fun. So now from a bit of experience, I can look at the temperature and the weather generally and know what I need to wear to be comfortable. Uh, And trust me, that is more of a skill than it sounds uh, and something you do really need to get good at as autumn starts to turn into winter. Okay, a brief summary. So start your cycling wardrobe with two or three jerseys, a base layer and some sort of waterproof and build from there. Most good brands of jerseys offer different fits and different brands have different sizing. So try a few and see what works for you. Look out for the other features you may want, like the pockets, the silicon grip, the full or half zip, the collar. You'll need a waterproof, especially now with autumn just one week away. Crikey, that does sound a bit miserable. I shouldn't have said that, but really it is September the 1st next Tuesday. Gosh. So yeah, a waterproof, but it doesn't need to be the best. Just something to offer a bit of protection from the rain and ideally something that reduces to a reasonably small size that you can squeeze in a back pocket or into a saddle pack or similar. Well, that is it for this episode. Don't forget to tune in on Friday for a discussion about shorts, tights and bibs. Yes, the obvious follow-on from this episode. So thanks for listening. Hope you've got something to take away. Don't forget to tell people, share our love for cycling. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can also find us on LinkedIn and of course the website, cyclebean.cc. Stay safe, rookie roadies. See you next time.